everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Brad Gray. I'm the senior pastor of Stonington Baptist Church in Paxinos, Pennsylvania. Uh, I am so excited to share with you this uh, podcast today. This show has been one that's kind of long coming. Uh, If you have followed my blog for, you know, let's say the last two years or so, you will likely be familiar with this story and the sort of journey of faith that I have been on over the last uh, uh, year, uh, 24 months or so. Um, And I'm excited to, and I'm thankful for this opportunity to share with you this conversation because um, as many of you might know, um, two years ago, my my mom was uh, afflicted with an incredible, incredibly acute uh, bout of depression, uh, one which really ravaged um, our lives for a number of months. Uh, it was one in which we were unsure uh, if we were going to get my mom back, and it was a time of great upheaval for us uh, as a family, for us emotionally, spiritually. Um, and yet, here I am today uh, and uh, sharing with you a conversation that I had with my mom about this event, about this time of crisis. Uh, to me, it's a miracle. It's a miracle of God, I think, that he has allowed uh, this to happen. And now I get to share with you an incredible conversation with my mom about all that she went through. Um, She is very open in this conversation with uh, what she has been through, with what she has been afflicted by, with uh, some of the things that led up to that. And and that's what I hope you find a lot of benefit out of. It's not often, I think, (laughs) that you get to talk with anyone, really, about the nature of the beast of depression, especially as it involves faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not often that you get to do that with uh, a pastor's wife. And it's not even often, even more or less often, that you get to do that with your own mom. And uh, I count this an incredibly high privilege to um, not just record uh, this episode, but to share this episode with you. Um, I'm really thankful for my mom. I'm so glad that I have her in my life, and I'm so incredibly uh, proud of her for uh, for being willing and able to uh, share um, her life, her life story, her journey of, of faith, and uh, I pray that you will find abundance of encouragement in this episode. Uh, we talk about her journey uh, with depression, with with anxiety, with and how she uh, and the grace of the Holy Spirit has allowed her to overcome much of that. Um, also, how to be a pastor's wife, and sort of as I as I refer to it as deal with you know the secondhand smoke of ministerial frustration, um, and I hope that you find a blessing in this episode. It was great to record with my mom. It was fun. Uh, It was very cathartic. It was uh, a a conversation that I was really looking forward to have, and I'm really thankful that she has allowed me to share it with you. So uh, I hope that you find uh, a great blessing out of this show. Before we get there, just a quick word. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing you the highest quality coffee on earth. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning you get to experience fresh roasted coffee at its peak drinkability. Uh, I was first introduced to Fresh Roasted Coffee when I first moved to Central PA, and I haven't really drank anything since. So whether you use a regular coffee drip maker or pour over or a French press or however you get your coffee, make sure it's fresh roasted. You can go to the link in the notes for this show and use the order uh, and use the offer code GRACE10 
at checkout and get a discount, 10% discount off your first order. So make sure you do that. Uh, go to the link and use the offer code GRACE10. Order your coffee, get fresh roasted coffee, and uh, I hope you will enjoy that as you listen uh, to this show. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my mom, Kelly Gray. You and Dad got married in 84, right? And then... No, no. Um, well, I'm Brad's mom, and um, my husband and I got married in 85, and we lived in Florida for about five years, and we had two boys, Brian <laughs> and Bradley, and then my husband um, moved us to South Carolina, and we were there. Um, since 1992. 92. Yep, 92. So we've been in the ministry ever since we've been, mar- been married um, because he was an assistant pastor and then he was a school teacher and a youth pastor and choir director. And I was going to say, because you guys are coming up on 36 years of marriage, right? 35 in December. 35. Yep. And 35 so is December. it also 35 in ministry as well? Y- yes, Pretty because much. <laughs> when we got married, he was the assistant pastor. So. Yeah. He's been in ministry all his life because he was a preacher's <laughs> kid. But, um, yes, pretty much since we've been married, we've been in ministry together. Hmm. So there's always been something that he's been doing in the church. Yeah. And um, when we moved to South Carolina, he was an assistant pastor, but he was also working at a local college. And um, so, yeah, we've always been busy. Yeah, ministry so. busy is a different type of busy, and yes, unless you're in the ministry, it's hard to like articulate why or what it looks like or whatever. But it's just a different type of busy. It is, it is, <laughs> and you know, um, church doesn't become your job. It should never become your job, but yeah. it is your ministry, yeah. and it's twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's not a lot of off time, so no, to speak. No, and unfortunately. Um, I think as we've um, grown in ministry, but even from the very beginning, there's always expectations put on um, pastors and their families, mm-hmm. always. And, um, you know, you always try to meet them. You always try to <laughs> please everybody. Yeah. And uh, I think I've finally come to the point where I realize I, I, I can't, can't do that. No, no. <laughs> Uh, well, that's why I wanted to kind of talk about, uh, obviously, that's sort of the, not the elephant in the room, but it is sort of an elephant in the mm-hmm. room, so to speak, mm-hmm. but um, but I wanted, because I think your your perspective is one that I think is not often heard uh, for as many, maybe I'm just not looking in the right place, but I feel like for as many books as there are on how to be a wise pastor, elder, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how many books are out there on how to be a pastor's wife. And I almost feel like (laughs) that's a role that should have, yes, just as much theology, but it should just have just as much literature on, because it's such a unique position, I feel like. Because you're put in a unique position. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you kind of just... Do you know what I mean when I'm saying that? Like, right. You, well, <laughs> no, right. Um, being a pastor's wife, um, is one of the most hardest jobs, yeah. but yet yeah. too, it can really be the most rewarding. Um, but that's a fine, fine balance <laughs> because you're trying to please everybody. You're pl- trying to do everything. Um, Hmm. and that's impossible. And something because of all this that I have learned is that, um, you know, in our, in our current day, everyone has the mindset, I can do anything. Um, you know, Hmm. if I put my mind to it and no, no, you can't do everything. You weren't, you were not created to do everything. (laughs) No, nor does God expect you to do everything. That's right. And, and trying to please everybody. That's impossible because mm-hmm. no matter what you do, someone's going to disagree with you. Do you think those expectations are 
part of like the church culture we have or is it part of or is it also a combination of like you making those expectations I think for yourself it's, i think it's pastor's wives as a, as a whole and i've talked to a few we try to please everybody yeah that we're not supposed to do that <laughs> people can is it just like the the pressure yeah. of the role so to speak kind of leads to that like where you well, feel yes, like you have and to you feel like you have to do yeah. this <laughs> and no, you don't. Yeah. You have to get to the point where you say, no, mm -hmm. what does God require of me? Yeah. And really, if you look at the scripture and um, you talk to seasoned pastor's wives, hmm. they will tell you, your number one jo job is to support your husband in ministry, but that doesn't mean you do this, 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 this yeah. in the church. <laughs> You're just not the because, second preacher. <laughs> exactly. And just because everyone expects that of you, no. Yeah. Now, you can try to do that. And I think yeah, you're, that was just... What you're saying is if if a pastor's wife feels called to that, then that's a good thing. But it's not the rule of thumb, so Well, to speak. I think <laughs> you have to find your your ministry and be comfortable with that. Yeah. It might not meet up to Susie Q's expectations, <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't mean... Um, you're doing anything wrong. You find your ministry. You find what you really love to do that God can really use you at. Just like yeah. anybody else. You don't want anybody in a position of leadership that really doesn't want to be there. <laughs> because their heart's not in it. God's not called them to. They might just be filling a position. And in some smaller works, that's necessary. But really, you want someone that is God-called. That God says, yes. you know what? I think you need to work in this ministry. And you go in with such a better attitude. Yeah. Um, so I think it's not trying to please people it's doing what god has called you to do yeah and 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 that and, can look different for yes different it people. can absolutely yeah. because the average <clears throat> when i got married and was pastor's wife by default yeah. um <laughs> you know i thought of all the pastor's wives in my background mm. and they played the piano and they sang and they did this and they did that and i'm like uh, no, that's not me. So what am I going to do? And my mother told me something very wise when I first went into ministry. She said, the only thing that's required of you is to be a godly wife and support your husband. Hmm. Well, we're all supposed to be doing that as women. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay. Yeah. And if you, if you go back to your first priorities, because in this gener generation as well, we're doing everything. Yeah. Go back to your first priority. Yeah. Your relationship with your husband, supporting him, being a team and working together. And then if you could add something else, if you have kids, be real um, um, selfish of your time with your family and your children mm -hmm. and your spouse because um, you don't ever want your children to feel slighted because you're in the ministry. Your <laughs> priority is them. So Exactly. Um, but um, there's a weird like dichotomy where the ministry becomes almost like a f it almost overtakes the family so yeah, to speak and it shouldn't no i know my kids had to wait <laughs> wait so many times while dad had a meeting or or get there early or yeah. or help clean the gym or you yeah know, i remember all that and and i hope that it was balanced and i hope that because i know that my husband always was home at night yeah. Um, he was very, very guarded as far as his time away yeah. in evenings because he had a family. Yeah. And, you know, that's a priority. You don't want to get so busy in ministry and you think you're doing everything you should, but you're neglecting your first or the your second priority. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Your husband, your family, yourself. Yeah. And, and I think my last two years, number one problem that caused a lot of it was I did not take care of myself. Hmm. Um, not being selfish, but... Being healthy. Yes. Yeah. Self-care and yeah. self-aware. Um, of your own limits. Yes. Because yeah. I was so prone to, oh, sure, I can do that for you. Yeah, sure, <laughs> I can do that for you. And my, you know, at the time, um, you know, I was very busy in ministry. I was counseling at a pregnancy center. Hmm. Um, and, um, I was doing odd jobs and just, there was so much on my plate and I did, I counseled at the time. 
I took things personally. I'm not the type to just say, okay, and you mark off that hour that you spent with that person and then you don't for, don't remember it till the next time you meet with them. I couldn't do it. I took problems on like I, like I could fix it. Yeah. <laughs> How silly yeah. of me yeah. to think that I could fix it. And I took things on personally. That's a good quality, but it also can really do a number on you emotionally. Hmm. And I wasn't aware yeah. of how emotionally um, invested I had become, especially in my <clears throat> counseling and trying to help people. And um, really, if you're dealing with a believer, you can encourage them. But if they're not listening to the Holy Spirit, nothing I say is going to change them. I mean, I can encourage them, and we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to encourage one another. And if we did that more, you know, our churches would look different. But um, trying to fix problems that have been in there for, you know, decades. Mm -hmm. And, oh, if I, just, if I just get her to think this way, you can't. You can't change yeah. people. The Lord has to do that. I mean, certainly encourage one another, but... Like I said, I took things personally, hmm. and I thought that I could fix <laughs> change there. the world. And I can't. Yeah. I wasn't. I, I'm not required to do it. That's the Holy Spirit's <laughs> yeah. job. It can, so. Well, it takes a lot to come to that realization. Mm -hmm. But I think what I am, what I like about you know, what why I wanted to you know talk with you in this sort of format is because. <clears throat> as I've reflected, and it's weird talking to your mom about your dad's ministry, but. Um, <laughs> As I've reflected on being a pastor's kid, because <laughs> I've entered into the ministry, and not only am I am I wanting to get you know inside baseball and how to protect my own wife, <laughs> but I also exactly. came to the realization, you know, that I'm, this is a dumb realization to come to, but my kids are pastor's kids, mm -hmm. and like for whatever reason, there's a different level of just awareness that I have of that because I was one, um, but also. I, as I've reflected on my time as a pastor's kid, it's, and I don't mean this harsh way, but it's like, you are almost like a secondhand smoker in terms of like, you're getting some of the brunt of what mm -hmm. your the pastor gets. So you, you get some of that toxins, oh, sure. so to speak. You know more than you should. You yeah, overhear exactly. conversations, you realize that, you know, this guy is talking hateful to your dad, <laughs> yeah. you realize this woman is giving your mom a hard time, you realize this person yeah. pro uh, is causing problems in the church, and as a kid, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you want to go to bat for them. Well, yeah. that, and I, I was going to say, like, pastor's wives are really similar in that role in terms of, like, they're taking a lot of secondhand smoke mm -hmm. from, you know, hearing about the problems mm -hmm. as, you know, it, and I've, I've taken a lot of, like, just wise advice in terms of, like, learning how much is too much to share, exactly. you know, in terms of, like, you are what's going on. But there is a sense in mm -hmm. which that's... I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I think maybe <laughs> that's what the pastor's wife is there for in terms of like shouldering some of that along with the along with the pastor. Am, am I right on that? Am I thinking, well, um, not shouldering, but like, I probably was too involved. I knew <laughs> too much. Yeah. I mean, we talked about everything <laughs> and that's a good thing in a way. But really, I think, you know, I think you, you should be able to talk to your spouse about things that are burdening you. But some things you just need to deal with on your own. Hmm. Um, because I, I really feel strongly that if you know too much, it's almost like gossip. It's, how it's, you it's, worship. It's, it's not yeah. that he's gossiping. But, you know, when, when someone gossips to you, you are affected whether you think you are or not mm -hmm. because when that person comes to you you're gonna be hmm is what that person said is true and i i don't care who you are that's what we do we put a question mark over somebody was that true and not that we sh can't talk to one another because my husband and i my uh did your dad and i mike and i <laughs> um we talked about a lot and we do we we still talk mm -hmm. but problems and things that are heavy um the leadership has to deal with so much yeah and um i really wouldn't want their job um <laughs> I, I think i would be a little bit harsher and that's terrible <laughs> to say but you know i think 
their God-given position is to lead, and part of that is to deal with difficulty. Yeah. I think we as wives can be supportive, but, um, you know, I think some of it needs to be left at the office, hmm. and that's really hard. Almost like any other job, you know? Well, I mean, yes, and you don't want so ministry to, to be a job, but it is. In <laughs> yeah. some ways, you're working 24-7, and you're, and you're dealing with things, and... You have to find a way to leave the problems because the problems are still going to be there. Yep. You're not going to fix that that um, couple that's on the brink of divorce um, overnight. <laughs> they, no. They've done this for 10, 12 years. You're yeah. not going to fix that. Pray about it, leave it at the office, and deal with it the next day. I, I think that's wise too because I think there's a sense in which in oversharing, like I could affect how Natalie, my wife, how she goes to church just as a church attender. Yes, yes. You know, like if any other person would have the some of the same knowledge as she had, it mm -hmm. would affect greatly how they worship. Absolutely. And that's detrimental to her spiritual health. I mean, it, you know, say whatever you want for like, you know, bring us together as a couple, but it could affect her spiritually, which is Absolutely. actually even more serious. So I think that's, I think that's really wise. And I, I, I liked what you were, what you're saying in terms of like, just keep it, you know, with the 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 basics, the the root calling of what a pastor's wife is mm -hmm. is just and, love and your husband, people support will your husband, put and expectations yeah. on you, and that's their problem. <laughs> because what does God say for me to do? And yeah. and I go to Scripture and I find out what He has to say to to me. And you know, if they want to have those expectations, they're probably not going to be met because. I'm not living up to your standard. I'm living up to what the Lord has called me to do. Being comfortable with that and realizing, no, I don't have to please this person and this person. Yes, we are believers in Christ and we're supposed to edify and we're supposed to be concerned about each other. But sometimes everyone has an opinion about what hmm. the pastor and the pastor's wife should be doing. You know, if we turned that around and, and looked at the person sitting in the pew and we were looking at their lives and saying, you know, I really think you should be doing this and you should be doing this and you should be doing that, they wouldn't come back to church. <laughs> um, but we don't have that luxury. No. We are going to church and we are ministering. You know, we can encourage you in areas that we see, see that you're weak and things like that. But we don't sit sit there and, nope, you're not doing this and this, this. We don't have this little checklist. <laughs> um, because our expectations, we shouldn't do that to people. No. Usually when there's trouble, it's because someone's expectations aren't met. Yeah. <laughs> and when you look at that, you have to say, no. Most what of the times they're false expectations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What does Jesus require? Yeah, exactly. And if you, maybe you spent a little more time thinking about yourself, you wouldn't have time to think about me. I know myself, <laughs> I have, you know, I have my flesh that I have to deal with. I have my problems that I have to deal with. I have this to deal with and that to deal with. I really don't have time. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I to do. sit back and say, okay, what is she doing? Yeah. You know, that, that's 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 negative, and that's not even my job. No. My job is not to encourage, yes, we need to do that more. We need to encourage one another more. Um, if we spent more time encouraging people, praying for people, exhorting people, um, uplifting people in prayer, yeah, we wouldn't have the infighting and the bickering. <laughs> I think that's really wise. Like, a lot of church problems, and I've already learned this, is... People trying to usurp the Holy Spirit's role. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, like you were saying, encouragement. Like if everyone would just strive to be a Barnabas, I don't. I, I feel like you know Barnabas was known as the encourager. They changed. They changed his name to that. And it's like if everyone would be <laughs> strive to be that, I think there would be a lot less. And if there was a little problems. more humility. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a pastor, you are not perfect. Hmm. You're not you're not called to be perfect. No. <laughs> you are called to be the too. man of God that's in the word, that preaches the word. That's your number one priority, preach the word. Now, we have a lot more expectations on our pastors these days. Um, I can remember wise words from my father-in-law when he was telling my husband, you have to do so much more than I ever had to do in ministry hmm. because you're not only just preaching the word and you're studying, you're leading the church. 
your counseling, you're trying to fix marriages, your um, there's so much mm. that we think the pastor should be doing, and it takes away from his time in the Word. Mm -hmm. Not that that's just what he should be doing, but I think that um, pastors are not perfect. They and I've often told the women in my ministry that my husband puts his pants on the same way yours does. <laughs> he's a man. He's a godly man. He loves God. He's in the word. He's praying. Those are all good things. But to think that he's going to be perfect, that's yeah. wrong. That's yeah. too much expectation to put on anybody yeah. this side of eternity because we're all sinners. <laughs> we all have our weaknesses. We all have um, things that we need help and shoring up. If if when we saw someone's weakness, we shored them up and we encouraged them, we lifted them up and said, hey, let me pray with you about that instead of, why did you do that? Why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, it's it's the critical spirit. Oh, I can do it better. You should be doing this and this and this. If if we went to their job place and told them how to do their job. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Can you, um, can you, I mean, I won't use examples because there's people out there who will know, but... I can't even imagine. My brother's an accountant, and and I always use this as an example because he knows things about accounting. I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but that's his job, and he does it well. Yeah. He went to school for it. He's been doing it for years. My husband has been a pastor for thirty five years. Is he perfect? No. But this is what he does. Um, there has to be a certain amount of trust for the man that man that God has called to that position, um, hmm. and that's sitting back on, in the pew as a pastor's wife. You see things, and you and you would like to tell people things, and you can't. <laughs> but that's one thing, you know. I, I no matter what they do. There's always going to be someone that doesn't like it. Hmm. And their goal is to convince him that he's wrong and they need to do it his way. Why don't we just let him lead like hmm. he's supposed to? Um, <laughs> we're very critical. When we sit in the pew, we're very critical, and that should not be. Hmm. Um, and I've also used this example, and my ladies might re remember it, but, you know, um, preachers are the only ones that we don't want to we don't want them to do what they're being paid for what is preacher supposed to do he's supposed to preach the word and what does that mean that that means the person in the pew needs to be convicted um but we don't want it to be long we don't want it to be more than 20 minutes we want we want a steak dinner but we we want mcdonald's <laughs> we want it that fast yeah um and we're okay with paying him for a steak dinner and only getting McDonald's mm. because he studied for hours on this message. And I know myself, as I do ladies Bible study, there's so much that you want to cram into an hour. And we usually meet for Bible study. We usually meet for about an hour. And there is no way I can get everything in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to cut myself off. He has to do that every Sunday. Mm. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much when you start digging in the Word and the Holy Spirit speaking to you and the Lord is talking to yeah. you. There is so much. Um, why do we come? We want it quick. <laughs> this is the Word of God. Yeah. He's opening God's Word. Yeah. Um, let the pastor do his job. <laughs> let him. Let him preach what God has given him. Um, we could talk a lot about that because yes. I actually just saw a survey um, where it said that only like 9% of people read their Bibles on a weekly basis. I and believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> I believe that wholeheartedly. It's so fascinating because and I, I think it it lends itself to you know explain a lot of the problems that we have in church. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's just a construct of our current the way our culture is kind of driven like you were saying uh you know we want steak at mcdonald's speed and i think that that like no other word that lust for efficiency and quickness and in the moment satisfaction mm -hmm. has also seeped into 
well, the way we read the Bible because we can't just spend time in the Bible anymore because the work that's involved with actually being a disciple is... Oh, it's oh, too, we, we don't, don't have enough time for that. We don't do it. We don't do it. <laughs> I don't know. I just found that I found that article really interesting. It was. I just think it's really revealing. Mm-hmm. It reveals a lot about. <laughs> well, um, usually too, and I know myself. You ask somebody, well, well, what does your devotional look like? Not that you mm-hmm. have to check off. Yes, I'm doing it every day. <laughs> yes, I'm spending twelve point yeah, no. six minutes in it. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you're not that. But is it a but, part of your life? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what. What do you do when you go to the Word? What's it look like for you? If it's just picking up, you know, the three-minute devotional or the one-minute devotional, I think they have one-minute devotional. I always trash our daily bread, and I don't mean to, but it's like if that's the limit, if that's the measure of your discipleship, I mean, I I think that's a... I don't know. For me, I I just don't know if that's getting deeper. Well, I know that (laughs) with the past two years that... The only thing that got me through was my relationship with the Lord. Because there was so much of the time that I spent away from my family and they couldn't be with me. And I had um, journals. And there were some times where all I would do is I would write out my prayers Hmm. and um, so when it says that the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you I know that (laughs) beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah and I know that my devotional life was as strong as it has ever been I know that when my mother died it was a very dark time for me, it was a struggle. It was nothing like the last two years. <laughs> but when she died, um, I really had to turn to the Lord. That's when my my devotional life changed. A lot of things changed for me um, because typically, if I had a problem, I'd pick up the phone and call mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the Lord has a way of. Um, using trials in your life to grow you and he wants you to turn to him in those times and um if you're if your time with the lord is sweet and it's a priority not that you're checking it off you know you can do anything by just wrote oh okay i read one chapter in yeah. matthew i'm good for the day no what did god teach you in that yeah. something that has drastically changed my devotional life is my journaling Bible and my daily journal that I keep for my devotions and I can see what God's teaching me I can look back and see how he was preparing me for things um, I I can't emphasize that enough I would love yeah. to teach a class on what yeah. to do because I just I'm so passionate about it because I know that that's what carried me through yeah. there are I couldn't um, I couldn't um, think clearly um, for a long portion of that time, for that six months. Um, But there would be times where I would write a verse. I don't know. I I don't know how I remembered that. It was in there, (laughs) and it came out, and I wrote it. And there was um, one of my journals. I don't know how I remembered these verses because I couldn't remember I can remember too much. <laughs> Let's just say I was in a really dark, dark place. Um, yeah. But I had the Lord. I know I had the Lord. And Matthew Henry, um, I just read this just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was in my devotions, and it, he said, Our experience ought to encourage us to trust God. He that delivered, which he did, he does and will continue to do so. I think the hmm. the dark times are meant to get our attention. Yeah. And a lot of times, sometimes he'll 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 knock out some of the moorings. Um, sometimes he'll just use little things. Or in my case, 
he took everything things. away. <laughs> yeah. He took everything away. And um, I crashed. And I was in a very, very dark spot. But I had the Lord. I know I had the Lord. And even yeah. when I wasn't thinking clearly, I had the Lord. Um, and times um, when I was fighting anxiety, I would just go in my room and <laughs> my family remembers they <laughs> they could always find me in my room and I'd just be writing out verses and I would spend a lot of times in Psalms and um, every time I came a verse I would write it out and there were some Psalms especially in the 30s and the 40s um, where I just wrote out so many verses and that's how I'd spend my time hmm. trying to this was before I <laughs> was willing to um, truly accept part of my story. This was part of my story, but yeah. the first time it happened, um, I was in denial and didn't think anything was wrong. <laughs> the second time, um, the Lord took everything away, and um, I realized that I needed to depend on um, Him, yes, but just as if I was a diabetic or I had a heart problem, you know, every, every part of your body can malfunction. We're human, and because yep. of the fall, everything can malfunction. Yes. We're ignorant if we think our brains can't. <laughs> and um, it said, okay, you've done enough. I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping. There was so much that was in my life. Hmm. And he said, okay. And... Um, he had to put me on my back for a while. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, he did. And it was a difficult, dark time. But now I am living proof, proof of the fact that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. My family couldn't be with me. Um, huh. And, you know, I, I know the Lord took care of me. Looking back... The second time when he finally really truly got my attention and I was willing to affect the, accept the fact that this was part of my journey. Um, I wouldn't be ashamed to say I had a heart attack. I wouldn't be ashamed to say, you know, I, I, I injured my knee. <laughs> um, yeah. But there I, was shame associated or attached to saying I experienced depression yes or yes. or I have anxious thoughts or something like that oh and yes why, why do you think that is is well, it just for me personally I did not know what it was if you had told me hmm. back then you're depressed those symptoms were not like on my <laughs> radar sure um I wasn't crying all the time you know you think of things like okay depression that must mean I'm really sad all the time and mopey yeah. and all that <laughs> um that's not what it was there were so many other symptoms and that's why I had my second bout was because I was in denial. We didn't know what it was. And um, second time got my attention and yeah. I did get a diagnosis on, um, um, of depression. And, you know, just as if I was diabetic, I'd start taking insulin. I took my medicine. And um, we're actually in the process of weaning off of it because with my doctor's guidance and things like that. Um, uh, I was I was healthy for mm -hmm. a year. And that's when my doctor said, okay, let's start yeah. looking at this and seeing if, hmm. you know. Um, so that's, that's a good thing. But accepting it hmm. as part of my, my story Yes, I had depression. It was the darkest, as my son likes to call it, the abyss. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And I, thankfully, some of my treatment um, took care of some of my memories. I don't remember everything. But what I do remember makes me sad. Um, but I know that the Lord sustained me he took me through it and um he doesn't do that 
to make us sad and miserable. He does it so yeah. that we'll come out on the other side a little bit stronger, a little bit wiser, a little bit more trusting of him <laughs> because I couldn't trust I was totally alone. Yeah. And I was not in a good spot. But the Lord was there. My mother-in-law had a verse, Deuteronomy 33:27, underneath are the everlasting arms. Hmm. They don't quit. He will never, never leave you nor forsake you. And then my mother had a verse, Isaiah 26:3, he will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on thee. Now there were times when I wasn't at peace, but I was quoting that verse. Um, just quoting enough scripture is not going to make you better. <laughs> no. That's not that's not it at all. And um, if someone says, oh, you just need to be in the Word more or whatever, hmm. I was writing the scripture probably <laughs> 20 hours a day because I, I was so anxious and I didn't know what else to do. Um, and again, didn't realize my symptoms and what they were. Mm -hmm. Now, if, you know, um, I know, especially my husband and my daughter, Bethany, are nervous going off the medicine. And I also talked, we talked to my doctor as well. Um, and I don't know that I will know everything, but I will know something's not right. Hmm. And if, and if I could have said that, <laughs> back before the second bout. Um, I knew something wasn't right, I just didn't know what it was. That's our sign, that mm. something's not right. Mm -hmm. They will know. It's, yeah. it's time to call the doctor Yeah. And, yeah. and see if we need to do more medicine, sure. or less medicine, or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But now I'm more aware. Um, you know, we all have this idea of what depression looks like. <laughs> and, um, it certainly wasn't what I thought it was. No, no. And, and... Well, and I, I've become more aware of it just because, like, ever... Like, the last 24 months have obviously been... <laughs> well, the last six months of 2020 have been weird, but all the other ones before that have been right. weird, too. Just... Not just the initial ever shock, but just coping through everything. And mm -hmm. then... Um, but... I've lost my train of thought, too. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna say is that it's 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 be it's like you know when you are like <laughs> you're out on a, like a highway and like you're looking for a specific type of card you know like you know when you're doing that silly game where you're counting mm -hmm. cars and mm -hmm. like all of a sudden you notice all these different other types of cars. Yes. But like that's a really silly way to say that now that I've been through this sort of secondhand depression, as I like to call it, is. You notice it in other people, and you're also more comfortable talking with other people. Yes. But uh, you're also more aware of, like it's it it's it saddens me even more when I hear about like, not just pastors, but I'll use pastors like suffer from this and eventually take their own lives from this. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's not just because of unfair expectations. It's just all of these things are being pressed onto a brain. A, an organism mm -hmm. that wasn't meant to shoulder no. all of this no. stuff. No. And yet, in our, yes, self-sacrifice, because we want to serve, but also in maybe even some of our own self-righteousness, we think that we can kind of shoulder all that. And and that's, 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 I'm not going to say you're proud if you think you can do it all. No. Um, but. I just know that. I, I've learned a lot, and so, like, I think it's really interesting to, like, I've articulated it in some various venues, but I just think it's really interesting to hear, like, firsthand, because I think what, what your journey, as you've been saying, your story, so to speak, has been is a really dramatic taking the theory of being a disciple into experience and so like you know we can talk and recite psalm 23 all the time about how jesus is the good shepherd who leads us through the valley of the shadow of death but until you actually experience that there's like only a thing that you can relate to that in theory yes. but now 
Oh, I, I, you, I definitely. <laughs> you have it experientially. I definitely. And exponentially. <laughs> those verses, you know, you, and you would never quote to someone going through a difficult time. No. All things work together for good. Um, <laughs> no. But I am living proof of that. Yes. So it means that much more. I've quoted that for 30 years. <laughs> um, and, and walking through the valley of shadow of death. There was no one with me. Hmm. But God definitely was. That is one thing that never failed. Yes. And, and you know, my situation, I want to make it clear, was not just all ministry. Hmm. Um, hmm. It was other things as well. It was not all ministry. Because I don't want to just hear, you know, dump on ministry. That's not <laughs> what it was. There no. was a lot of other things going on that contributed to it. Um, I chose um, for this year, 2020, believe it or not, my verse um, for this year is Proverbs 18:20. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The godly run to him and are safe. Mm. And my word is refuge because um, he is that refuge. I remember being in my room alone, scared, um, and crying out to him. And nobody knew how I was praying or how I was hurting. It was just me and the Lord. And he was my refuge. And um, I don't ever want to forget um, my husband and Bethany gave me a charm this Christmas. And it's a little elephant. It's on my Pandora bracelet. And I love it. And now when I see little elephants, um, it always reminds me, don't forget. Don't forget where you've been. Hmm. Um, there's a saying in the front of my journaling Bible this year and it says may I never forget on my best day that I still need God as desperately as I did on my worst day yeah I don't want to forget I don't want to waste um all that he brought us through because dad and I I keep saying my husband okay. he's your dad <laughs> <laughs> um we have adopted and we have a sign on our fridge. We have a sign on our wall. Thank you. Thankful for a sweet uh, girl in our church who also did a big wall thing. And we also have it on our little table where we keep our bills. And it says, grateful, thankful, blessed. There's so much that I can be thankful for. I don't want to forget hmm. where he's brought me from. I am truly grateful and I appreciate the little things. Yeah. I try to seek God in all things. And I'm thankful for God for everything. Hmm. Because he truly has worked a miracle. And, you know, something comes up and I start getting a little bit fretted about it. Or my husband does. We look at each other and we say, we've been through too much. That's nothing. No big deal. <laughs> and and that's our motto. Yeah. Motto, grateful, thankful, blessed. We started a journal. Um, I believe it was back in March, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> good timing. Um, but we started a journal, grateful, thankful, blessed. And um, I try to write it in every day, um, but I pick it up right where I leave off. And grateful, thankful, blessed. What am I grateful for today? What am I thankful for? How has God blessed me? Hmm. And when I read over what I've written in the last few months, six, uh, five, six months, um, it's a lot of little things that, you know, I probably could have missed. Mm. Um, and I'm going to go home with a lot of little things um, uh, from this week, spending time with the grandkids. Yeah. And um, tonight, um, I think Braxton said nanny. And I'm thrilled. Um, he might have not. He might have just been mumbling. But I, I want to think that he said nanny. <laughs> he probably did. And, and Lydia said, um, sweetest thing, I love you. And you come back to my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, I'm going to come back to your house. <laughs> um, so um, the Lord has taught us so much yeah. that um, I just want to live um, today 
grateful mm. and thankful and blessed. Well, to me, you're, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm biased because you're my mom, but <laughs> you're a miracle in a lot of ways just because of what I've seen you go through. But I also know how, yeah, it's cathartic, but also I know how challenging it is to like, talk about these things it's good it's but it's also challenging to yeah, articulate I was, I was a little bit uh <laughs> but hesitant well and i think that's it's good though um what would you say to not just a pastor's wife but you can lean into that but like what would you say to another lady another person another man whoever is listening like if they are experiencing a season of depression or anxiety or worry or fear what is something that you would want to say to them that, that you wish that you had known, perhaps? Well, if you don't feel right, I knew I didn't feel right. I didn't know how to articulate it. Yeah. You don't have to articulate um, everything. You know something's not right. You need to speak up and get the help you need. Yes. Um, don't be ashamed. No. Um, again, any uh, part of your body, any any system can malfunction. <laughs> Don't be ashamed of the fact that your brain has just said, okay, we're done for a while. Yeah. You need to get the help you need. And even if you don't know how to articulate, like I said, I, I'm hoping and praying that all goes well as I continue to get off the medicine. But my word to my husband, Michael knows, and Bethany knows, something's not right. They know that mom's not feeling right. Mm. Um... Get the help you need. Don't be yes. ashamed of that. Yes. And if and if you're in a group where people are telling you just you know just get up and do what you got to do and and you need to just do this and you just need to be in your Bible you just need to pray more you need to go elsewhere and find some help because <laughs> that's not no we if someone was sitting there holding their heart we'd say get them to the emergency room fast you mm -hmm. know they're mm -hmm. having a heart attack yes be as sensitive. And be as sensitive to people that may be struggling emotionally. Now, we can do things that do not help us, mind you, because um, I'm sure there's situations where people are doing things in their lifestyle, bad habits, things like that. They're doing things that are not helping them at all. Staying in bed 24-7 is not going to help you physically, um, emotionally, mentally. It's not going to help. You need help. Get the help you need. And something else that it's taught me is that I know what I went through. It was difficult. Um, forced my husband to make decisions that were very difficult for him. And um, I wouldn't begin to be able to tell you how to handle your depression and hmm. your anxiety. Yeah. Um, hmm. that's, that's, again, that's arrogance. And I know that I'm a little bit more sensitive. I might not necessarily agree with everything this person's doing, but I don't know her story. I don't know how she's gotten to this point. Sure. I can encourage her, um, but we shouldn't act like we know <laughs> everything. Yeah. No. And, and you know, that, that saying, you know, you see it all over Instagram, social media, be kind, you never know what someone's going through. You don't know what someone else is going through. And some of my difficult, most difficult times, and they didn't know, but they said some things that were just, you know, hurtful. Yeah. They didn't know all the pressure I was under or what I was dealing with, and they said things. Um, like I said, they didn't know. And, but we don't know. We don't know what some people's home lives are like, how their work is going, their job life. We don't know the family life. We don't know what they're struggling with. Um, one thing that I did benefit greatly when I did counsel at the pregnancy center, um, you know, it helped me to put things in perspective because some really hard situations walk through those doors. Hmm. And, um, yes, I took it on as my, <laughs> I took it on very personally and I had a hard time leaving it there. But one thing it did teach me is that, you know, we, we fuss about a lot of things that simply don't matter. And people are really hurting. We need to be aware of that. We need to 
look for ways to encourage one another. Be a blessing. And I know that seems very trite. Oh, be a blessing. But you know what? It's true. People are really hurting, especially in this time. Yeah. There is so much junk going on. Um, you know, what would it hurt us to just be a little bit more encouraging <laughs> and, 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 and stop putting expectations on people that you can't even meet yourself? Yeah. And, and, and we criticize, we, we complain. We need not do that. No. The Lord is so good to us. Yeah. And, you know, we, we are just like the children of Israel, complaining, complaining, complaining. Um, quit it. <laughs> <laughs> just stop no, it. <laughs> you ever read that? You're going through yeah. and you're reading and you're like, oh, they did it again. What's the problem? Don't yeah. they get it? We are so prone to We're do that. Like we yeah. are. Yeah. We are. Nothing has changed. No. Ecclesiastes, nothing new under the sun. No. It's serious. It, it, nothing is new. Sinful, um, conceited humans have been the same now, two thousand. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, this this situation is humbling. It's strengthening. Um, it, it's built my faith because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God did not leave me. Um, it's it's strengthened our marriage. There were there was a time in January and February, it was just me and my husband. We had to go three times a week um, for my treatment, and um, early in the morning, he had to sit there alone waiting for me, and we were in it together, and it was extremely um, heart wrenching, um, and it's just a miracle that we were able to go through all that together. Yeah. Um, it's been it was really good it, our marriage is strengthened um my relationship with my family my daughter and my sons is and my daughter-in-law so don't want to leave them out um is sweeter um and i just i i hope and i pray the lord will continue to use it in my life i don't want to forget yeah. <laughs> that little saying elephants never forget well um, I don't even know where that came from, but in my mind, when I was thinking about, I want a charm that's going to remind me of that, I chose the elephant, because elephants never forget, and so every time I see it, and it's the only one that dangles, the rest of them are just on the bracelet, but to me, it's just a sweet reminder, um, I don't want to forget yeah. what God has brought me through, because it's amazing, it is. it's a miracle, and... Again, it's grace. <laughs> it, yeah, absolutely. Um, we, you know, I know that there's been other times in my life where difficulties come. Not that I meant to forget, but I moved on and I, you know, got busy in ministry, got busy doing this, doing that, and I forgot. Hmm. I don't want to forget this time. Yeah. You know, God has been just so good, so yes. good, and that I can be sitting here talking to you, that I can be playing with my grandkids. Hmm. It's just a miracle. Those are the miracles that mm -hmm. we need to hold on to. Yes, yes, and difficulty will come. Take a deep breath. Figure out what you should be doing. Don't let anybody's expectations be what you... Oh, you put so much pressure on. No, don't do that. Yeah. Think about what the next right thing is and do it. <laughs> and leave the results with the Lord. A lot of times we say, well, yeah, but if I do this and this and this, or what if I do this and what? We spend so much time fretting. Break it down to the simplest thing. What does God want you to do right now? This situation. Answer that question and do it. And leave the results with the Lord. That may mean that other people may get mad and frustrated. And, and, and you know, you do what you know is the right thing to do. Because you answer to God for your actions. Yes. Not people's expectations. <laughs> That's, right. And, That's right. And and be comfortable with that. That may mean, like I said, somebody may get mad. Hmm. Um, you know what? It's very simple. And I think in some ways my... Um, my life is simpler because a lot of times I will say, okay, what do I need to be doing? And then I just do it and 
it's almost like a, a a freedom, a liberty. We're at liberty. We're free in Christ to be as godly as we want to be. But a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves. We just feel so pressured. Um, but it's very freeing to be comfortable knowing that you are pleasing God. And there's probably going to be plenty of people that don't like it. But do what you know is right. What does Scripture say? And that's it again. you got to be in the Word. you yeah. got to know what God's Word says. Because there are plenty of believers that have... 25 different views. So <laughs> you need to go to the Word. You need to be studying His Word. And um, and if you're having a hard time starting off in the Word, um, I love Psalm 119. And I tell people, okay, you, you're having struggle getting into your devotions? Go to Psalm 119. It's 22 sections of 8 verses. Anybody can read 8 verses in a day. Take just 8 verses and read those verses Write down what God is telling you in those verses. Study it. Read some commentaries. Um, ask the Lord to speak to you. You do that for 22 days. You've got a new habit. Hmm. Not that you're going to make a habit out of being in God's Word. But let's face it. We schedule everything. We schedule <laughs> yeah. everything. Why can't we schedule time to be with the Lord? And I love that. I try to read Psalm 119 every January because it's a good reminder of how important God's Word is. It's all about God's Word. What it does for us how important it is. So if you do that for 22 days, you've really gotten into the Word. And then I'd say go to Philippians, because those are my two favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Favorite is Philippians. But, um, you know, getting yourself in that mindset of, okay, I'm going to spend time with the Lord. Because it's important. Um, it's not just a, something to check off. It is important, yep. and we do not we do not take the time. You know, we'll make time to get up early, go to the gym. We'll make time to um, binge watch a show. We'll make time to um, you know for our hobbies. If if I couldn't smock, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I make time for smocking. Um, you know, sometimes when Can I'm smoking. Can you smocking, explain smoking for some of our listeners? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's not smoking. It's smoking. Um, it's a dying art. It's, of it, sewing. Yes, it's it's uh, pleating fabric and basically doing little stitches on okay. the fabric. And not um, everyone's going to know. What not everyone's going to care what that is. Um, but, but I get what you're. We're. <sighs> We make time for yeah. all that. And you know what? There's sometimes where I will stop what I'm doing. I'll, I'll maybe do my, you know, the house cleaning, things like that. And then I'll reward myself with a little bit of smocking. And sometimes I will be listening to music or whatever. But a lot of times I'll find myself smocking and praying and thinking about people. And, you know, I've always told people, okay, you have a hobby. Just add prayer to it, because prayer is never a waste of time. Hmm. And it's not. We don't do that enough as, as well. Um, yeah. Our discipleship is not from a lack of time. <laughs> no, it's, it's what we choose to do with our time. Yeah. And, you know, we spend a lot of time doing things that will not matter in yeah. eternity. Prayer, being in God's Word, I, I, there is nothing better. And it is what carried me through. My husband was very supportive, my daughter especially, because she was right there in the thick of it, was very supportive. But my time with the Lord, when they couldn't be with me, that's what carried me through. Hmm. And and um, I think some people thought I wasn't really crazy when I was in there because my prayer journals, a lot of times I will just take the first letter of the word it, it helps me write faster. And at that time, I was writing very fast. I was praying very fast. There was there's so much on my brain that I would just write it out. And someone once told me that's how you memorize a verse. It's take the first letter of the word. So trust in the Lord with T-I-T-H. Um, that's how I, my prayer journals are a lot. You know, sometimes I'll write specific things that I'm praying for. Actually write out the words. But other times I'm just putting the first letter of the word. And I could pray a lot faster, but it keeps you focused. Because our brains are only thinking about one thing at one time. But we bounce around a lot. And if you've got a lot on your brain that's really bothering you, or pressure from outside, it helps to keep your mind focused. That's why I'm a firm believer in pen and pencil and write. Right, right. Um, it's just, it's what I do. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else made my way, but <laughs> it's what I do. 
So. Well, I really appreciate you just being willing to talk and share your your story, share mm-hmm. your journey. And I think it's, I pray it's helpful to other people. And mm-hmm. I know it will be helpful to other mm-hmm. people. And, um, and you know, um, if, if people want to reach out or contact me, yeah. like I said, I would not be arrogant to think I know everything that you're <laughs> going through. But I have been through it. And um, I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, certainly I don't go around publicizing it. I just, <laughs> you know, if someone needs to talk, I'm willing to talk, but you can, you know, give them my contact yeah. information. I'd be happy to chat with them via email or text or call or whatever. Um, the Lord's already used it. Um, I was very hesitant to talk about it and there was some shame there too that, um, how can I do this? I did my first Bible study and the beginning of the year and I really hesitated because how could I do a Bible study but how could I not hmm. God had been so good how could I not yeah and um, he brought me through so much and um, so for that I'm thankful okay. and so yes definitely give my contact information. I will for anyone that'll be in the notes of the show but um, I don't know I just really I think it's it's amazing to talk with someone who has been through a a season like you have, it's even more amazing to do so with your own mom. (laughs) And so anyways, Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate it. I appreciate you doing it with me. Thanks. Well, that's it for this episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have uh, had a a great uh, time listening to this show, uh, listening to this incredible conversation me and my mom had, and I hope you have found an abundance of blessing in it. Uh, You can subscribe to the Ministry Minded Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I appreciate all your encouragement, your prayers, and your support. Thanks so much for listening and commenting and subscribing. I'll see see you on the next episode. Blessings.